Hello, and welcome to the Build and Banter podcast, the show that's all about conversations on products, startups, and user engagement on the African continent. I am your host, uh, Kelvin O'Shea. bringing you a very special guest to entrepreneur segment in our very third episode. Our guest has a very impressive background, having worked for Uber and Jumia, Uber Eats and Jumia, and now he will share his own journey as he builds one of the continent's most exciting food companies. We also discuss, uh, we also discuss further on behind the scenes stories you probably will be availing to us here. Uh, very interesting stuff on how you build a great team, some mistakes to avoid, some wins, so be sure not to miss all the details to the very end. Now, our guest today is Vinit. <laughs> Vinit is currently the co-founder and CEO of Ando Foods. Um, he has a great background, having previously worked at Uber Eats and Jumia. So we want to welcome you today. Thank you for joining us, Vinit. Right. Thank you, Kelvin. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. All right. Okay. So, Vinit, um, first of all, let's get started, man. Uh, there are very rumors around you that you were born in Africa. So, is it true? Are you are you African born? Like, are you are you really from here? Yeah. Uh, okay. Not really, but okay. I think I've been living in Africa for a very long time. Um, I guess we met like really long ago when you were a student at uh, MIST and I was yeah. a mentor. Yeah. So that was six years ago. And since then, I think I've lived uh, in the continent, but I think I went back to India for like two years where I was working over it and then I came mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Yeah. So also, let's start at the very like beginning. I'm really, really passionate about this continent. Although I'm not born here, <laughs> but I'm, I feel like I have my heart in Africa. <laughs> Yeah, you've always told me that. That was the very first thing you actually told me about the continent. <laughs> like, you're, you're definitely going to stay here. Um, So let's just start get started, like, from the very beginning, from your schooling and how you actually got to come to Africa, basically, and start start your life here. Like, how, how did that happen? Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think what I did, so I did my bachelor's in computer science. So uh, the career which I thought I'm going to get into was not what I really got into. So I mm-hmm. worked as a software engineer for like two and a half years. And mm-hmm. then I got kind of bored of it. And then I wanted to get into management. And get, get, so that's it. You know, I decided to do an MBA. So I did my MBA from one of the best schools in India. It's one of the top three schools called Indian, Indian Civil Management. So mm-hmm. I did that. And then I was working uh, in Delhi as a product manager for like a year. And then I wanted to do something really exciting, something fun. That's when I came across, you know, working for MEST. And uh, MEST is like a really interesting place, you know, because there are uh, they're like startups from, um, like there are people who come from different parts of Africa. So they have people from Kenya, people from Ghana, people from South Africa. And so, you know, and you work with very different kinds of companies. So that was a super interesting opportunity for me, which mm-hmm. I came for. And then I worked at like working in Ghana for, for a year. And uh, yeah, and uh, I met people like you uh, who told me a lot about Kenya. <laughs> so then I traveled to Kenya actually way back in 2016 for like two weeks and I really fell in love with the country. Mm-hmm. And I decided, you know, in the future, you know, if I uh, move to the continent back again, I should probably come to Kenya. So that was my idea back then. And then I went back to India, I found a job at Uber Eats. I did that for like two years and Uber Eats was a lot of fun. So I think, you know, that's where I really learned about the food delivery industry. 
and mm -hmm. uh, also about you know uh, cloud kitchens and all of those things so after uber eats you know, i um, found a job at jumia and that's when i came to kenya so i worked for jumia for like around 6 months i didn't really like it a lot and then uh, i decided to get into the entrepreneurial uh, journey myself uh -huh. so yeah that's how it happened and then uh, yeah wow. i've been running the food for the last 2 uh, years now actually Okay, uh, I need to take like a breather here. So, from product management to Mast to traveling to Uber Eats to Jumia, now you're in your own business, right? <laughs> so it doesn't. It seems like you're just really trying out different things. Like, did you actually always wanted to start your own business? Like, I can't see like a path. Like, you you haven't told me you sold fruits as a kid. Like, so did you actually always wanted to start your own business? I think I didn't really okay I guess I I didn't really think about it a lot when I was in university and all of that I think I felt like you know, I want to be a part of a big company Google Microsoft stuff like that right but I think as my career grew right and then I th I think my passion for starting my own business came when I was doing Uber Eats but I think at Uber Eats being a part of a really small team right and when they launched in the city and I, when I saw that you know when I, when I did that I felt you know I can do this for my for my for my own business and that's how thing it started off yeah, yeah. The, i, I want to think, mm -hmm. sorry Carry i think it's all, all about i think whatever i've been doing in my life it's all about finding some impact and being able to do do something where where i'm not able to make a difference and that's where you know i felt you know you can have the most impact when you're running your own company because mm -hmm. yeah you you make a lot of decisions and yeah <laughs> okay that's very interesting um it seems like of all the career steps you made uh, the one at uber eats kind of like really helped you in regards to what you currently do now maybe could you like just dive just a bit into what really went on what you were actually doing and some of the exciting things that you managed to do during your time at uber eats okay um so uber uh, launching in india when you know we already had two really big players so it was mm -hmm. there was swiggy and there was zomato right and they really had the market so uber eats was um, getting into market already saturated And it was kind of tough for them right so basically running uber eats meant you know like doing really good operations so you had to be the best at what you're doing which means like you know delivering in less than 30 minutes having like a really well trained couriers mm -hmm. right you know so um and also you know i think because we had a lot of funding behind us the like uber was able to invest a lot towards the growth so i think one way of getting the customers for us was uh, giving discounts on all those things but also it's, it was about experience right Yeah. and also you know we were really focused on growing fast so at uber eats uh, i was launching a city every like couple of months so i started off from bangalore then i went to wow. chennai pune calcutta you know and then and like how many millions are we talking about how many millions of people in the city <laughs> how many millions each city has like around 50 20 million people like bangalore has around million, uh calcutta is like around 12 13 million so like and the cities like delhi which are like 5 million so india is huge So we were doing orders of like around hundred to four hundred thousand a week. What dollars? Is that like? <laughs> no, no. These are these are orders. It's, it's not orders. It's oh wait, orders. these so, are so orders like four hundred thousand dollars a week. Ah, uh, four hundred dollars orders a week, right? Four hundred thousand orders a week. Wow. From just Bangalore. That's crazy. No, so, and then you know that that's the scale I was managing in Dubai. So I think it uh, really showed me you know how to um, be like. be like how to how to manage a business which is so big and how do we manage the core partners 
so about emotions that the people have what are the decisions you can make uh-huh. and how will that impact the business right so you you uh-huh. learn like real hand you know like just doing things and then uh, and there's no like better playground yeah and there's no <laughs> better playground and uber like has a really uh, small team actually wow so it's just the the management team is big really really small like it max around 10 people who's running the city Wow. So, so that really, really helps. I think I think once you work for Uber, I think uh, usually you know you become good, <laughs> even even in the VC VC world. So yeah. So well, guys, you've heard it here. Work for Uber and everything. <laughs> right? Just you heard it from heard it from the man himself. <laughs> right? Okay. Cool. Um. So now after working at Uber, you came back to Jumia and you didn't stay so long there. how did you start getting like the idea of what has now become underfoods right so w- how was that and plus as you talk about that just give us an intro of underfoods like how did that we're super interested about how that came to be okay so underfoods is basically uh, we are we are aiming to become the biggest cloud kitchen player in this continent so we started off in kenya uh, in nairobi in uh, 2020 in september Mm-hmm. so we've been around for roughly 2 years so we started from my um, business partner co-founder sauz his name is asif so we we did like biryanis on sunday uh we were just doing it on sunday we were sold out every sunday wow. so we were doing sales of around uh, 60 to 100k shillings on a sunday and we just on a out. sunday okay, yeah and this is sunday cook. i want to cook now like yo vinay i can make biryani man yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right carry on So I, I feel like you know there was a big uh, product market gap for Indian and Pakistani biryani in um, in Nairobi and which we were really able to cover. So that's how we launched. Um, so yeah, that's how we launched Khans. Um, but you know our idea is to have like you know multiple kitchens, multiple like brands inside the same kitchen. Oh, that's why it's called so Underfoods, not Khans. Underfoods, food. and not Khans oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So since the time we launched Khans, we launched like four more four more brands. So we we done Indian, we done Italian. we're done burgers mm. and also brand around chicken wings mm. so there are five brands so now uh, we are expanding speaking to you from cape town where we're setting up operations in the next couple of days we're going to mm. launch with burgers and then we're also looking at lagos nigeria so oh, yeah with this, okay. i think uh, before you even get to cape town right i know you're in cape town right now um <laughs> you're also in lagos at some point like Okay how would you say the pandemic actually kind of made you guys more successful or was more challenged to you how, how did it affect the launch because you literally started in the middle of a pandemic right yeah. which yeah. which some people would think it's crazy because yeah. most people were closing down why yeah. did it work so well for underfoods so i think during the pandemic i think the biggest thing was that people were sitting at home right and they couldn't do much they were all and also there was this way ah, yeah. people yeah. started working from home and that was when it started during the pandemic So people are going to office or staying at home and working and become hybrid now right so when you working from home and i think what uh, the market is like is like you know there are a lot of people in uh, kenya who are either single or you know, who are just just living with it so we don't, we don't have a lot of big family uh, households in kenya mostly mm-hmm. mostly it's like nuclear nuke families right so mm-hmm. people uh, prefer to order from or order food and especially when when all the restaurants close down So the only option was to order food. So you could you could either cook at home, have a maid to cook, cook for you, or you can order food. So I think that's when you know I think uh, the food delivery industry as such has really grown in the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. the bottom of numbers we you guys were making right, Kenya was making that was growing yeah. like almost three years every year. 
Wow. With so, and, beer. Okay. and that really helped us. You know, I think that's the time when we came in. So also, you know, we didn't sell food that was cheap, right? Our, our food was like anywhere between 15 to $18. Yeah. For people uh-huh. spending yeah, yeah. food. Um, but yeah, I think there's also uh, what we realized is this big market, even, even for that price range. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think the pandemic really helped us. And also, I believe um, um, I've seen like markets in Dubai, I've seen markets in India and also the US, right? Where, you know, uh, the percentage of food delivery orders is almost 5 to 6% of total restaurant sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was less than a percentage. It was like 0.5 to 0.6%. Oh, so there was a growth aspect. So there is going it. to be a, at least a 10x growth, even in five years. And that's something we know is going to happen in Africa. Oh, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Look, um, I know you said there, there are actually a lot of cloud kitchens that came up actually after you, right? But you are one of the less known ones, right? Most people, <laughs> the, the aspect of even when you think about like Kung Fu's or other aspects that I've seen other cloud kitchens, um, what, what would you say is different, right? About launching this kind of business? Because you're not building like a software product, right? You're not building like, something of physical you're literally creating menus basically like a restaurant but you don't go and eat there so how yeah. different is it how different is it in terms of like coming up with menus and then testing these products and then knowing which ones are working and then now keeping going at it like what 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 made yours work that others maybe haven't figured out so much yeah i think the biggest thing about this is about the quality of the food right so that's what really cracked from the from the very beginning so we really focused on every single item that goes into a menu has to go through a lot of testing. So we send it to a lot of friends and family. We get feedback from them and we, and we keep making tweaks and we don't really launch an item until we're sure that, you know, this is the right product for the, for the market and also the price point. So we do research on all of this. Even for the price point, I actually do a lot of survey on, you know, how much are people selling burgers for, for example, in Cape Town, right? Which I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are what are, and I, I even go and taste food from different burgers, from different restaurants that sell burgers to see you know what kind of food that is really selling, and where can we really position ourselves to be different? Mm-hmm. What is the price that is really going to work for the market? So it's not too expensive, not too cheap. We you know where we can make a profit. Mm-hmm. All of those things, right? So I think um, what we've been able to do really well is the food quality. So people love our food. Everyone who tries the food says, you know, this is probably the best, the best Italian, the best biryani, the best Indian, etc. So that's one thing. And the second thing that we have uh, worked on over the years is our experience. So when I started the business uh, two years ago, we were delivering orders in like 45 to 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right now, we improved a lot. So right now, we're doing orders in between 30 to 35 minutes. So we're that's able actually to bring true. down I just the delivery yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually going so, true. I just uh-huh. so I think uh, that is where a lot of players have been failing. So one is like, uh, people are not from this background. You know, uh, because me, me, I work for Uber Eats. I know the food delivery background and what mm. really matters for a good mm. experience. And Asif has worked with Java House. My uh, so you guys are just a really good team. You guys really, you know it. You know what's yeah. supposed to be done, right? And okay. I, think the, I think the other important thing that we did well is the branding. So which Asif is really good at. So yeah. having like a product that speaks to you, having a good story behind the brand and also all the packaging that we do, right? We yeah. take a lot of care to make it good. The one I can definitely agree, your packaging is one of the key things, right? I really, I really enjoyed about your food. So here's the thing. I know, I know we're talking about the nice side about the food business, but there's also the other side, right? 
it is food, right? So what are some of the challenges that, like in regards to you creating a product, right? That uh, I'm thinking about like, it's good if you're testing it with like a few family members or friends, right? But what about now you have to sell like a hundred orders a day, right? There's obviously some issues, right? There's logistics issues, there's quality issues. What are some of the things as you as a COO, right? You have to make sure like, you know, this thing, there's a quality process, like the way McDonald's does, right? There's always a very quality check over everything they do. Does Ando Foods have that kind of culture in regards to how they make the food? Yeah, we yeah. do, we do. I think uh, a lot of this is about the process. So what we have been also trying to master and trying to become better at is the process that we follow within the kitchen, right? So what we want is a consistent burger wherever you go and also a consistent biryani wherever you go, right? So a couple of things which we have been able to do in that regard is uh, one is to... Um, centralized process. So masalas are made in central central kitchen. So we have a central kitchen in Westlands, which supplies to village village market. Um, so we have biryani in both these locations, right? Same, same for Delhi. So Delhi also, we make the curries, the base in Westlands, and then we supply that to village market. Mm. Uh, for, for currently for burgers and uh, Italian, we just do it in Kilimani. So that's the only kitchen that supplies it. So it makes all the sauces, right? But I think in the future, as we expand, we'll still follow the same model. So, so it'll be the Hubbard Spoke model where you know, everything is done centrally. So that helps us manage the quality throughout. And the second thing is about just having like uh, regular checks. So we have a checklist of what the chefs need to check every day in the morning and also in the evening. And then they fill it up. So in case something is not right, either with the masala or with the base or, or the rice, for example, right? Um, we don't use that anymore. So we just throw it away. Oh. And then we side side to side. I don't know what, what really went wrong in that particular masala, and then we rectify it. Oh. So that slick process really helps us. Okay, that's that's pretty interesting. Now your business is a bit different. Like I know people have heard you say cloud kitchen, right? But I'm pretty sure not everyone understands what cloud kitchen means, right? Could you like give an give like an explanation to our users who've never heard of the concept and why it's such a different look at the restaurant business why is it called a cloud kitchen okay i think the main difference between a regular restaurant and a cloud kitchen is that you know we don't have a front of house staff and we don't have a dine-in in most of our locations what it means is we only focus on delivery and pickups which means all of our food has to be delivered so uh, that's where like 99% of orders coming from, right? It's delivery or pickups. Mm-hmm. So anything that goes into the menu has to be for only for delivery. So our focus is on that, right? So that really helps us. And also I think the second thing about a cloud kitchen is, you know, you can have multiple brands within the same uh, kitchen. Yes. And people are not really aware, like, you know, if you're ordering from uh, Little Italy or if you're ordering from Khan's, you may not know it's the same kitchen which is making both the, both the brands. Uh, but ultimately it is the same kitchen, right? And it's the same chefs. So in terms of labor utilization, in terms of efficiency of using the kitchen, it's better. Mm-hmm. And uh, also you don't need like a high streets presence. Like you don't need to be in big malls, like yeah. center. You can be in a place which is a bit discreet. But you are in a big le- mall. Rent. You are in a big mall. <laughs> we are in village markets. So I think what we did, so uh, we started off the model as being pure kitchen, which is what we pitched initially to investors. But mm. what we realized over the years is that, you know, uh, we can actually venture into a hybrid model. Uh, so having the presence in village has given us this, uh, this particular location to a brand, which people didn't have before. So now people are going to village market, they're saying Kants and Delhi. 
So it actually helps in a way. So it, it actually, actually helps, right? Because yeah. you've figured out like the online aspect because most businesses, restaurant businesses, they figure out their in-location business first Correct. and then they start working on their online but you guys did the complete opposite right we you did the complete opposite. master so the online and now you're trying exactly. to figure out the in oh that's that's pretty interesting that's like what we've done like you know we launched like brands completely online right and then we've done extremely well like uh for example mm-hmm. um even like marty for example which you launched it's, it's, it's a it's a burger brand which you launched like three weeks ago mm-hmm. and we're doing revenues of around twenty five hundred dollars a week mm-hmm. From this wow. so and yeah. this brand launched three weeks ago right yeah so we have been able to really you know crack the online game and yeah, yeah. but that's, now we're doing really so you since you are basically online i'm pretty sure you rely on platforms right you tech tech is a huge part of your business right for how people reach you how people order and everything so what are these platforms that you guys utilize and also just as a plug where can people find Khan's food, right? If they want to order right now, where can they find Khan's food or Little Italy or any of those brands? Where, which are these platforms that you are predominantly there? Okay, um, so we're selling on multiple platforms, Bold Food, mm-hmm. Jimmy and Globe also. And then we also on, um, you can even call us. So we have a hotline number that you can call us on. Wow. So, yeah, so... And you can also find us on Instagram page. So we have a page called Khan's Foods. Mm-hmm. And then we have Delhi with Love for Delhi. Mm-hmm. And we also have literally NBO for literally. No so website? Yeah, these are no website? Um, so the website, we have a website for foods, but then it uh, doesn't let you order at, at the moment. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so that's the next thing. So we're also building a uh, website and app very soon. So yeah, um, like we do receive orders from different platforms at the mm-hmm. moment. And we also get uh, so around 30 to 40% of the orders are organic, which means it comes via WhatsApp and calls. Wow. Reminding, reminding 70%, 60 to 70% comes from platforms. Right? Wow. Okay. And, uh, so that might continue for a while. So, But I think in the future, what we're looking at is a 50-50 split. Okay. So this, this is really interesting. Um, so could you actually just share something, some exciting milestones you guys have reached? Have you like, so like a million orders or 500,000. What are some of the milestones that you'd be comfortable sharing with us that just get you excited about where you guys are going? Uh, okay, yeah, cool. Um, in terms of like uh, monthly revenues, we've been able to cross um, $100,000. That's, That's around 10, 10 million shillings. So we're doing more than that now. So we, yeah. we crossed it a couple of months ago, actually. Wow. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's been really exciting. So I think uh, since the time we started off with one brand to so, five, so, five brands. Um, this is a good, this is a better question, right? What is the highest number of orders that you ever received in a day? So, it's an interesting question. Highest number of orders that you actually received and you're like, wow. <laughs> like, what a good Yeah, day. yeah. Think uh, about it. So the most orders we've done on a Sunday so far is 400 orders. Uh, that at an average order value of 1,800 shillings. It's around 700,000 shillings in sales on just a Sunday. Wow. That's a lot of orders. <laughs> you guys did it. <laughs> That's a lot of Okay. This is, this is really exciting about seeing a business like, because uh, I remember when you guys were starting out, you were asking me to test out your juice, calling me to your place and cooking me like crazy spicy food. 
just uh, I was basically the guinea pig for a lot of your your foods, <laughs> right? So <laughs> it's been pretty exciting about it. Okay, so Vinit, um, this is another room I've heard about you. You love traveling, right? Uh, and you've summited Mount Kenya twice. Please confirm or deny. Uh, have you submitted Mount Kenya twice? I have. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have. <laughs> Why would you do it twice? Like <laughs> I did it once, and I don't want to go back. Why? Why would you? <laughs> I think I did it. Uh, the second time I did it was after like around six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to like go back to the mountains, mm-hmm. and uh, within Kenya, I think that's the only big mountain that you can climb. Wow. So if we need to, which is adventurous, which is exciting, then we have to go to Mount Kenya. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, as we close off, basically, yeah. I know you have some advice to give to anyone who's kind of like in the journey and really admires where you guys are reaching or where you guys are heading to. What kind of advice would you give people across the continent who are passionate about food, passionate about entrepreneurship, passionate about like tech and how it impacts? What kind of advice would you give them? Uh, yeah, I think the most important thing is for uh, people to do what they're really passionate about. So if they have an idea which they, they feel like which is going to work, right? And if you have a vision that you want to go after, you, you should just do it. So that's what I would say for people, right? So I think um, what really works is, you know, if you're in a field which you know you have talent in, which, mm. which, which can prove from your previous job mm-hmm. and uh, where you have a really good vision about, you should just go about, you should go and do it and it will most likely work out. So you might make a few mistakes here and there, but then eventually you will figure out what really works. Can make it work uh i think in terms of like uh, the funding landscape i think it's pretty good and it's been improving a lot for most african countries right so this is probably a good time to venture into entrepreneurship mm-hmm. if you are in in this continent right yeah and there is so much i think there's so much this uh, that you can do over here that has already worked in different countries like us and europe right so that way in terms of opportunities it's huge so that's what I would, I would tell people. So, you know, once you feel like, you know, there is something that works in different market, which can work here, which, you know, you have the skills to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You should just do it. Okay. You had it directly from the man. Now, thank you, Vinit, so much for your, actually, today's episode. We've learned quite a lot, right? And I'd like our users to stay tuned for our next episode, dropping in a week's time. We'll keep the conversation interesting on the impact of great entrepreneurs like Benit and the great products that are introducing us to our great continent. Thank you and see you next time.